The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Daily Intermission Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. It's Greg with you folks. Pre-game show today is brought to you by Manscaped, as always. Use code TDI at manscaped.com. Free shipping, 20% off. I'm telling you right now, it is the best men's grooming kit. It is the best tools for your family jewels worldwide. I mean, it's serving millions of men worldwide. If you don't have a good grooming kit or if your razor's greasy, I know a lot of you out there listening, it is a greasy razor. Order the Manscaped package. It's unbelievable. Go check it out at manscaped.com. Code TDI for 20% off. As I've mentioned before, in the pregame shows, I'm going to tell stories through my life, funny ones that I think you might enjoy. Uh, and then uh, quarter one, we got some MLB NFL talk. Quarter two, some NHL NBA talk. And then the second half is going to be some questions that were submitted uh, on the Chalkboard app uh, as well uh, through Instagram. So I'll go through a few questions. Uh, one of them is going to get me kind of emotional. It's, uh, you know, I'm happy the question was asked. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I want to tell you the story about it. Um, but firstly... The story I will tell in the pregame show, I did some security work. A good friend of mine, a friend of the show, Morgan Anna, shout out. Um, his dad owned a security company when I was uh, in my latter years of high school and early university. So I used to pick up, you know, part-time security shifts. And I was a six foot two, you know, individual. I was, you know, 165, 180 pounds at this time. I was very thin. So I used to like wear like two sweaters to make myself look better. Big baggy cargo pants and boots. Um, and so it was hilarious. So I would layer up, try to make myself look big. So I stood outside bars at times checking IDs and then he had a contract at the hospital. So essentially there'd be a security guard kind of just roaming the hospital being there. Um, and then there'd be one in the ICU for, um, you know, patients that, uh, you know, were at risk to the nurses and doctors. So I went in, it was like a Sunday morning and I had kind of had a few drinks that Saturday night and I went into my shift Saturday morning and I was directed to the ICU. And there was an individual in the hospital that had been working. There's a lot of farmland where I live. And so he had been working on the farms and he was from Mexico. And uh, unfortunately, he was having grand mal seizures. Um, and he didn't know where he was. He didn't know who he was. He was going through a really big battle. There was going something going on with his brain. His wife, his pregnant wife had flown up. And uh, so I get to the intensive care unit. And um, I'm sitting outside the door. And I'm just kind of like, oh my goodness, like, what's going on here? So about 15 minutes into the shift... I'm kind of watching him and he, he looks very disoriented. He, you know, when you see someone who's very ill, very mentally ill and their eyes are very, they're, they're very scary. They're very intimidating to look at. I was watching him and all of a sudden he rips out his IVs. He punches his wife in the face and storms at the door. At this point in time, I'm freaking out. I'm 19 years old. I stand at the door. He punches me in the face and I just bear hug him as hard as I can. He was a shorter guy. He was probably like five, seven. He was a shorter guy. I just, and I tackled him to the ground. All I remember from the incident I blacked out was this cold blue, cold blue, cold blue, cold blue, just kind of like, you know, electrifying, um, the alarm systems, electrifying the, you know, the surrounding areas in the hospital. And then the other security guard that was on ran in. And then I remember the nurses, you know, after, a, after a while, after the bear hug, after probably like 30 seconds to a minute, he kind of like passed out. Um, but it was terrifying. 
And uh, it was the last shift that I ever worked at the hospital as a security guard. But yeah, I got punched in the face by a uh, Mexican farmer um, that was having grand mal seizures. Uh, and they were trying to get him stable enough to fly him home to Mexico. But that's the story of me getting punched in the face and having to tackle a Mexican um, farmer in, uh, in a local hospital. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was, an, it was a scary time for me, um, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, let's move into quarter one. And we've got the World Series set in stone. We've got the Houston Astros versus the Philadelphia Phillies. It's going to be a heater. A lot of star power in this series. Super excited for this World Series, to be completely honest with you. And the Astros, I'm not sure if they're getting the credit they deserve. I mean, they've been on an absolute tear uh, the last six years. This is the fourth time in the last six seasons that they've gone to the World Series. This year, they had 106 wins. They haven't lost yet in the postseason. And we look at the roster from you know the past seasons. I mean, Carlos Correa, obviously an incredible player now in Minnesota. Well, they, they replaced him with rookie Jeremy Payne who's been you know phenomenal george springer heads to toronto well kyle tucker steps up i mean it's really been a true truly incredible run for these guys and the replacements of players that they've brought in um to you know to to, to take over for the guys that have departed has been phenomenal and you know truly this is a, a you know a, a dynasty team and and um you know is this the most dominant baseball team that we've seen um, in a long time, I know, I know the 2018 Red Sox had 108 wins and they were the best team in the preseason. They were the best team uh, throughout the regular season. And they ended up going on to win the ser- uh, World Series, but these guys haven't lost a game yet. There's, a, there's an opportunity for these guys to go 11-0 and not lose a game in the postseason. So they've been extremely dominant. I'm bullish on the Astros to win this. but uh, And obviously, too, we all know the tarnished legacy of the cheating scandal that the Houston Astros have from winning the World Series. But... I mean, it, it's they've been. Uh, this is their back-to-back season in the World Series, and they're a team to be uh, reckoned with. <clears throat> and they'll be facing the Philadelphia Phillies, an 86-win team season. Um, this is a team that's been struggling. I mean, they've been real rebuilding since their uh, 2008 championship. They've went on 10 consecutive seasons without playoff baseball, nine consecutive losing records. But they've been on a heater. A nice Cinderella story here. Ten consecutive. Uh, sorry, uh, they beat the St. Louis Cardinals in round one. The Atlanta Braves, the defending champions, in round two, and they beat the San Diego Padres in round three. I mean, they've done a really great job in free agency. I mean, they brought in Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, pitcher Zach Wheeler, and all of these guys are looking really strong for their lineup. Philadelphia Phillies are an exciting team. They've got a lot of production coming from that lineup right now. Royce Hoskins comes to mind as well. A Cinderella team that certainly can win this series. So the World Series is going to be super exciting. I'm really, uh, I'm really fired up to watch. My prediction is that the Astros get it done in five games. But I've been wrong before, and I can be wrong again. So we'll see what happens in the MLB. I'm excited to watch. I hope you guys are as well. The Houston Astros and Phillies will start tonight for the listeners. So, uh, so Friday night, game one. It's been a long break between uh, between series. But continuing on in quarter one, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL. We'll move into some NFL chatter. In the Monday Night Football game, the Chicago Bears absolutely dismantled the New England Patriots 33-14 in a very surprising game, a rainy night in Foxborough. But the biggest headline coming out of that game was the quarterback situation for the New England Patriots. Mac Jones ended up starting the game with three for six. He threw a bad interception, kind of airmailed Jonu Smith. Foxborough Faithful starts chanting Bailey Zappi. And what do you know? Bailey Zappi comes back in the game, who had won the previous two. Um, and he comes in and he, and he gets off to a hot start. I mean, I think this is a little overrated, his play when he came in the game. Bailey Zappi hit a play-action throw to a wide-open Jacoby Myers. And he nearly missed him. Jacoby Myers jumps into the end zone. And then he throws a 50-50 ball down the sideline to Devontae Parker, who makes an incredible grab for him. So I thought it was a little overrated. Uh, there were some playmakers making some serious plays for Bailey Zappi, but it, it sounds like the Bill Belichick's going to go back to Mac Jones. I mean, both of these guys, incredibly smart quarterbacks and incredibly young. Um, but I think Mac Jones is the guy. I think this is the guy that you've got to 
put the ball in, in his hands. And obviously he'd been absent for three weeks dealing with injuries. Um, but I think Mac Jones is going to, I think he's going to have a good week this week against the New York Jets. So we'll see about that. But speaking of controversy, uh, quarterback controversies, we go to Indianapolis where the Colts have decided to bench Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan has looked old this season. I've mentioned it before that he's lost a lot of heat off his fastball. Um, and they're calling upon Sam uh, Elinger um, from, from the uh, Texas Longhorns. Um, and he will get the start. Sam Ehlinger. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Young quarterback. He's got some weapons. Um, a healthy Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman Jr. has been a stud. So we'll see what this Sam guy can bring to the table. Um, so I'm excited to watch that in, in, um, in Indianapolis unfold. Obviously, Matt Ryan, a little disappointed that he'll be riding the pine. Russell Wilson. So Jacksonville and the Broncos and the Denver Broncos will end up playing this week in, New, in England, London, England. And uh, Russell Wilson... Obviously missed last week with a hamstring injury. He said to the media that he has been on on the eight hour flight over that he watched film for the first two hours. Then he did high knees and stretches for four hours while everybody was sleeping down the aisle. I'm calling, calling, uh, I'm calling bullshit on that. I mean, Russell, there's no way you were working out for four hours on the plane. Then he said the last two hours, he caught a little bit of a nap and then watched some more film. I find it hilarious how this guy has to reiterate and um, you know tell the media how hard he's working. I think this is just a cop-out because he knows, he understands that he's been dog shit this season, that the team's going to miss the playoffs, and then he's making a quarter of a billion dollars. It's unbelievable that Russell Wilson has had the audacity to say that he was working out the entire time in the plane. I find it such a clown act right now with Russell Wilson. He puts on this smile. I've really lost a lot of love for us. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this way, but man, his antics have been weird in, in Denver this season. So Russell Wilson said he was working out the entire way over to London. We'll see how that game plans out, plays out. But Travis Etienne will be on the other side of that football in London and England. He will be the number one guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars because James Robinson has been traded to the New York Jets. And now it is Travis Etienne's backfield, which I have Travis Etienne in two of my fantasy leagues. And I'm fired up about because he looked great last week and they're going to be riding him. Obviously, they lost in the last seconds to the New York Giants. Christian Kirk couldn't sniff the touchdown, but man, the Giants are, or the uh, Jaguars are making serious strides. Trevor Lawrence looks good. I'm really excited about it. The Eagles have traded for Robert Quinn from Chicago. Man, big pickup, man. The Eagles are all in this season. They look great. Um, I'm really excited to see what this Eagles team can do down the stretch. Obviously, still undefeated. Um, it's going to be fun to watch uh, the Eagles moving forward. But they trade from Rob, for Robert Quinn, defensive end from Chicago. Headlines, obviously, are still continued to, uh, to be made about uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Tom Brady coming off two straight losses, and so is Aaron Rodgers. Brady will play tonight, yesterday night for the listeners, on Thursday Night Football versus the Ravens, and I think they get it back on track. The Bucs are still in first place in their division. They're 3-4, and four, but they still sit atop of the NFC South. That's how bad this division is. I think Tom Brady can start to turn it around. I think he needs to start to separate. Hopefully time will start to heal this divorce and everything that's going on in the in the background of his life because he does look exhausted. Um, but uh, I think that Brady gets it back on track. And Rodgers is interesting. They need, they need a receiver. I know that Green Bay is shopping for a receiver right now. But Alan Lazard, obviously, has been a little bit banged up this season. And Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs have not been that guy. So... If there's one of these two quarterbacks and their teams that I think is going to be turning around, I think it's going to be Tampa, but we shall see. And Andy Dalton is that guy in New Orleans. Jameis Winston is healthy, but they're going to stick with Andy Dalton. Interesting here. 
um, that these uh, that the Saints are going to be sticking with Andy Dalton. The Red Rifle. He's looked okay. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for week eight. Week eight already. Almost the halfway point of the NFL season. How insane is that? Time flies by, ladies and gentlemen, especially in the sports world. A few bets that I'm looking at here for NFL Sunday. I like the Las Vegas Raiders and New Orleans Saints game to go over the 49.5 total. I really like that uh, over. And uh, upsets I like this week. I like the Arizona Cardinals to beat the Minnesota Vikings on the road. I think the Cardinals uh, with uh, a healthy DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and uh, you got Roby Anderson now in the mix. Robbie, sorry. I think that uh, I think that this could be an upset in the making. So I'm going to be riding the Atlanta, sorry, the Arizona Cardinals money line over the Minnesota Vikings because I think the Vikings are going to make this interesting in the NFC North with Green Bay. All right, folks. I'm not going to preview all the games because I find that's irrelevant because you can find my picks Sunday mornings with Annie Eager or on Saturday nights in the chalkboard app. Let's move into quarter two. We've got some NHL NBA action in the NBA. The Lakers are off to an 0-4 start. This is the worst start to LeBron's career since his rookie season. Uh, worst start to a season, I do apologize. Man, they look disorganized in uh, in Los Angeles, and their, their depth is no good. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, Russell Westbrook is v- struggling mightily. Uh, he hasn't looked very good. Um, I think he was 4 for 25 in his last two games, missed the fourth game with injury. But it's been tough to watch these Lakers. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with LeBron James, Anthony uh, Anthony Davis, and, and uh, Russell Westbrook, if they're going to ride these guys or not. But the Lakers 0-4. Some very surprising starts. The Portland Trailblazers are off to a 4-1 start, obviously um, getting rid of C.J. McCollum last year. But they got Jeremy Grant in that trade. Dame Lillard's been awesome. The Portland Trailblazers are making some noise. I expect them to come back to earth. The Utah Jazz. The most fraudulent team in sports right now is 4-1. and one. This team will crumble. I guarantee it. They just don't have any star power. They have gotten, they've got no depth to this team. I mean, they're winning games, but I think that they come back to earth. This team misses the playoffs. But they are 4-1 and one at the top of the Western Conference. On the Eastern, in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers off to a very slow start. 1-4, very surprising here with a team that has Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Tobias Harris. I mean, this is a stacked team. This team's going to start winning games soon. It's just a matter of time. But Philly off to a 1-4 start. The Brooklyn Nets are off to a 1-3 start. Ben Simmons getting a lot of hate. I mean, this guy hasn't had over 10 points yet this season. Unbelievable, man. What happened to this guy? Completely fell off a cliff. Uh, But I think Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to get things going here. Steve Nash was kicked out of the game last night against Milwaukee. Milwaukee ended up running away with the game. Uh, But I think the Brooklyn Nets will be just fine. They're going to be a playoff team, but they are off to a 1-3 and start. And the Washington Wizards off to a 3-1 and start. So the Washington Wizards look kind of good. Bradley Beal didn't play very well last night, but they still got the win. Gonna be interesting to see if this team can get in the mix in the play uh, come playoff time. But those are some teams that are off to some some surprising starts. Did want to mention too, Giannis. Giannis continues to put on an absolute show night in night out. He's averaging thirty six points and fourteen rebounds for his first four games. The Milwaukee Bucks, ladies and gentlemen, will be around come June. But that's going to include my NBA talk. Not too much as the season is just unfolding. We're just kind of waiting for headlines. We're waiting for injuries. We're waiting for teams to really make uh, make some noise. So we'll continue to monitor the NBA. You know we do. I'm heavy in the NBA DraftKings right now. I love it. I think uh, that's one thing that's really helped me with the guys, the athlete segments and just everything in general with my knowledge of sports is I play DFS. Helps a ton. Get to understand some sleepers and and uh, understand who's uh, you know really diversifying their stat line in the NBA court. But let's finish off quarter two here. Some NHL talk. The Boston Bruins, ladies and gentlemen, are an absolute wagon. 
They look fantastic. David Pasternak's leading the league right now with 12 points. He looks great. And they are going to get Bar Marchand back in the next few days. They're going to have Charlie McAvoy back right around Christmas time. And their goaltending duo is fantastic. I think it's just such a testament to their depth. They're six and one. They stay at the top. They stand at the top of the league. I think the Boston Bruins, a lot of people were giving them hate. I mean, that acquisition or the return, the return of David Krejci. <clears throat> was so big for them. Their their center depth is so amazing. Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Charlie Coyle, one of the best one, two, three punches in the league down the middle. The Ottawa Senators have won four in a row in the Atlantic Division, but they will be without Josh Norris for four months. Uh, he hurt his shoulder on a faceoff, eerily similar to Shane Pinto's injury last year. Speaking of Shane Pinto, this guy is going to be in the mix for the Calder Trophy and an amazing rookie for the Ottawa Senators. Senators look great. I mean, this Jake Sanderson kid is so good. He reminds me of a Shabbat 2.0. He's so poised. He's a big lefty. So they've got two great defensemen to hold down their first two pairings. I really like what the Senators have done. And they still don't have Cam Talbot back yet. So they're going to be a, a team to watch in the Atlantic. That Atlantic Division, I say it once, I'll say it again. It's going to be an absolute dogfight this season because the four teams that missed the playoffs last year have taken strides and they're going to be much better this season. I'm talking about the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Montreal Canadiens. All have taken strides, all more competitive teams this season, so it's not going to be a walk in the park for the teams at the top. And you can just ask the Tampa Bay Lightning who sit up 4-4 four and four right now. The Vegas Golden Knights are off to an absolute heater. They are 6-2. and two. Man... Win healthy, this is a dangerous team. I think having a fresh voice like Bruce Cassidy in the room has really helped this team. You got Logan Thompson, absolute beauty. This guy, I mean, obviously with no Robin Leonard, no Marc-Andre Fleury, a lot of question marks in Vegas. Were they, what were they going to do? How are they going to play this season? But Logan Thompson, this guy is an absolute legend. Uh, he played for Canada at the World Championships this uh, this spring, and I think that really uh, rejuvenated, not rejuvenated, but gave him a lot of confidence. I think these world stage tournaments do a lot for people's careers, and I think that he's riding the high of the confidence from the World Championships, and he's playing phenomenally right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, and so is Aaron Dell. Um, but moving in to the Calgary Flames, who are off to a 5-1 and one start. These guys are absolutely, they haven't missed a beat since uh, Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk left. They look great. That Pacific Division is going to be tough, man. The top three teams are going to be Edmonton, Vegas, and Calgary. There's no doubt in my mind. Those three teams are awesome. Uh, they're fun to watch. The Calgary Flames, man, I'm telling you right now, Nazem Kadri looks great. Jonathan Huberdeau seems to be settling in just, just fine. And, and Daryl Sutter's got those guys buzzing. So they're a dangerous team. Look out for the Calgary Flames. They're going to be a team to bet on as well. You see some nice lines on them. What's making most headlines right now in Canada is the Vancouver Canucks who are off to an 0-5-2 start there. The only team that does not have a win right now. Uh, it's tough right now in Vancouver. Uh, they're going to be without Quinn Hughes on a depleted back end to begin with on the long-term IR. So uh, without Quinn Hughes, I mean, you're looking at a very weak decor. It's not going to help. Uh, that Vancouver Canucks team, it seems like it's just a lot of mediocrity, a lot of you know, top tier players that aren't elite. Um, so we'll see what the Vancouver Canucks can do. I mean, a few more games uh, down the drain and they're going to be already kind of in the talks to not be able to make the playoffs, which is just so frustrating for a team um, that has been through the rebuild and have paid a lot of their players and have contracts that aren't going to be easy to get rid of if they decide that this isn't the route they want to go. It's unbelievable, really. So the Vancouver Canucks continue to struggle winless 
at 05 and 2. And finally, Austin Matthews is a big surprise. I'm so sick and tired of hearing how this guy's going to score 70, how he's the best goal scorer in the league, which I, I'm not going to argue. He is a very great goal scorer. He's you know one of the best in the league for sure. But he's got one goal this season so far. I mean, all of that talk that he's going to get 60 again, that he's going to be a 70 goal scorer potentially, I mean, that's just all hot garbage. Austin Matthews is a phenomenal player, don't get me wrong. And it looks like they're going to be shifting around that left winger. Michael Bunting has been at that spot. It sounds like the Alex Kerfoot uh, might get the... Uh, the call in that position. Uh, but Austin Matthews, only one goal. So uh, I think they played tonight, and I think I'm going to be on the uh, anytime goal from Austin Matthews, but only one goal, very surprising. But that's your briefing in sports, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move into quarter three and four, where we're going to answer some questions from the audience. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's the second half, and we're going to answer some questions submitted from you guys. I appreciate you guys taking some time to submit questions on the Chalkboard app and uh, via Instagram. If you're not on the Chalkboard app, which I think if you're a listener, a loyal listener to the Daily Intermission, you're on the Chalkboard app. But I will mention, get in there. It's a great sports group chat. Um, we're growing. It's a great community in there. Always talking about sports, talking about gambling, talking about fantasy advice. So make sure you're in the Chalkboard app. But my guy, Mr. Jack Archer from Minnesota, he says, what's your PGA Tour Mount Rushmore? It's a great question. And I'm um, starting things off with obviously Tiger Woods, uh, my golf idol. I think a lot of players in the PGA Tour have looked up to Tiger, and the reason they play golf, Tiger revolutionized the game of golf, um, made it so to speak cool. Um, Tiger obviously has won the most, tied for the most tour wins with 82. He's got 15 major championship wins. Tiger is certainly in my Mount Rushmore. My second Mount Rushmore pick is Jack Nicklaus. Most major wins of all time with 18. Uh, Jack won 70 times on tour. I mean, just an absolute legend. The Golden Bear. Obviously, I didn't get to watch Jack, but from whatever, what everything I've, I've watched and learned, Jack is certainly in that mix. Thirdly, Sam Snead. Tied with Tiger for the most wins on tour. He's got seven major championships. I mean, obviously, if you win 82 times and for, the long, for, for a long time, we'll have the most wins ever on tour. I think you belong in the Mount Rushmore. And lastly, Mr. Arnold Palmer. From what I hear, Arnold Palmer was such a great advocate for the game of golf. Obviously, his passing a few years back was very sad. Uh, they hold the tournament every year at Bay Hill, but Arnold won 70 times on tour, seven major championships. So I'll go with Tiger, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Sam Snead. K Downs writes in on the chalkboard app, which teams will have new head coaches in the NFL next season? It's a great question. So I did some uh, some surfing around in the standings, and obviously, you know, teams that are having you know poor seasons um, will most likely be in the market for new coaches. So I, I run it up four teams. I think the Carolina Panthers could be one. Obviously, they fired Matt Rule. They'll have they have an interim coach, head coach right now. I, I'm unfamiliar with his name, um, but if they're not happy with the interim coach, then they'll certainly be in the market for a head coach. I think the Carolina Panthers uh, are a good um, candidate for a new coach. Uh, the Houston Texans, obviously, Lover, Lovey Smith's there right now. They've got a yeah, they're they're in a rebuild mode for sure. Uh, the Houston Texans, but. Um, obviously, I love, love Lovey Smith, but if they think they want to go in a different direction, kind of that new age, Shanahan, uh, McDaniel type, um, McVay, they might uh, they might look for a new head coach in Houston. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, Josh McDaniels has definitely been underwhelming. Um, I'm not sure how much of their record you can put on the head coach, but I think that Las Vegas uh, could get impatient with Josh McDaniels. Um, and we see those uh, those Belichick outcasts go to new places and get fired very quickly and return to New England. Um, and I think Detroit 
in Detroit. Uh, Dan Campbell obviously is a very lovable figure, um, but I think that uh, if they continue on the path they're on, they might be in the market for a new head coach. So I think Carolina, Houston, Las Vegas, Detroit are four candidates for new head coaches next year that I thought would make a lot of sense. Um, you could maybe throw in a few others, but I think those are four teams that potentially in the NFL could be looking for new head coaches. Nikolai Jokic writes in from Chalkboard, can the Canucks turn it around? Um, I think it's going to be very challenging for the Canucks to turn it around. Obviously, I talked about it in the first half, how they're off to an 0-5-2 start. Um, I mean, this defense core is just, I would say, one of the weakest in the NHL, and without their best defenseman for the foreseeable future, it's going to be very tough. Um, they've got a they're going to be struggling against the cap for a long time. And you got Oliver Ekman Larson, who's making 7.2 million. That's way too much for him. Um, you paid Patterson and Hughes in the off season. I mean, it's going to be challenging for these guys for sure. Like I mentioned in a video on TikTok, I mean, Bruce Boudreaux has never had a losing season in the NHL as a head coach. So, um, I don't know if you can point fingers at Bruce Boudreaux from everything that I've heard. He's a very fun coach to play for, but, um, if the Canucks don't win some games soon, it's going to be very challenging to dig out of the hole that they are in. Chisel, thoughts on the Red Wings. What do you think of what Stevie Eisenman is doing in Detroit? They're making some serious strides. I think Stevie Eisenman is doing a fantastic job in Detroit. Love Moritz Sider, the reigning Calder Cup or the reigning Calder Trophy winner, rookie of the year. Love Lucas Raymond. Kubalik, Dominic Kubalik has 10 points already, revitalizing his career in Detroit. Um, they're making a lot of strides. They've got that third line with Rasmussen, Soderblom, um, and I forget the third guy's name. They're 6'8", 6'6", and 6'4". They're, they're a great team. I mean, I think that they're going to be a fun team to watch for years to come. They've got great goaltending and Vinny Huso and uh, Alex Nedeljkovic. So I think the uh, Detroit Rollings are making a lot of great strides, um, and they're going to be a fun team to watch. That Atlantic division I mentioned, it's going to be an absolute dogfight. So I think the Detroit Rollings are making a lot of great strides, and they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the near future. Mariah, good friend of the show, a great supporter of the Daily Intermission out of Carolina. If you could go pro in one sport, what would it be? It took me a little while to figure this one out. I was thinking off the get-go, right off the get-go, golf. But golf... Is I know a lot of people say, oh, it'd be so easy to be a golfer. It is very mentally draining um, to go in week in, week out and try to play well. Um, there's, I mean, there's fractions of things that you do in your swing and your game is all over the map. It's a very challenging sport. So I switched off the golf and then I thought quarterback in the NFL, but I thought, oh my gosh, I just don't know if I've got the patience anymore. I mean, I played the quarterback position for a long time, <clears throat> but it took a lot of work. I mean, it's so demanding, you know, having the playbook down pat and reading defenses and just it's a very demanding position. So I saw the center fielder in baseball. I loved making diving catches growing up. Um, baseball is a, is a really fun sport to play. And I think that um, I love to chew tobacco, which I don't do anymore because it's cost like $40 a tin in Canada, but um, growing up love chewing tobacco. So um, I think I'd fit right in with the baseball crowd. <clears throat> Jake Petrie off Instagram says thoughts on Arbor Jack guy. If you're not familiar with Arbor Jack guy, he's got the name that people are referencing to a Wi-Fi password on the Montreal Canadiens. X H E K A J Jack guy. Not sure how that's pr pronounced Jack guy, but 
Um, I think he's good. I think it's a great find for the Montreal Canadiens. I think he's going to be a solid bottom four guy for the foreseeable future. Um, this guy's got some toughness too. I mean, he absolutely ragdolled Zach Cassian a few weeks ago. Um, Arbor Jack guy looks good, man. To be completely honest, so I think uh, I think Arbor Jack guy is a nice fit for the Montreal Canadiens. I think that uh, they're fairly happy with this undrafted, um, you know, monster of a uh, of a defenseman that they've brought in. So yeah, I think he's going to be a long time steady defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. Mark Talbot off Instagram says, do you think that, how does the Josh Norris injury affect the senator's playoff hopes? This might, this might surprise a lot of people, but I think that it doesn't affect them that much. Um, I think Shane Pinto, who I mentioned before, who could have been, or is going to be in the Calder hunt. This guy's a heck of a player. This guy's very good. And I think that if he doesn't get second line, minutes it's going to be Derek Broussard who's got chemistry with Claude Giroux um looked very good in the preseason there um and I think that top line with Stutzel um Kachuk and Batherson has been fantastic uh, their defense core is awesome I don't think it affects it that much obviously you're taking a 35 goal scorer out of the lineup but I think that they can do it by committee in that bottom of the lineup I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the Sands obviously winning four in a row we'll see how they do tonight um, but I really like what the Senators are bringing to the table. I uh, I don't think it affects their chances that much. I think they're going to be right in the mix. M. Whitehead off chalkboard. What's your favorite sports memory? This is kind of a cool one. Um, I, I was unsure if I wanted to tell this story on the podcast, but I said, you know what? Why not? You know, my, these people uh, support me in a lot of ways and um, support my channels and, and everything along those lines. So I thought, you know what? Let's be some transparent and let's tell them, um, you know, a, a story that I hold very dearly in my heart. Um, so when I was growing up, I grew up with two brothers, uh, an older brother named Jordan and a younger brother named Taylor. And uh, and Jordan was born with a, a brain tumor. He was two years older than I was. Um, so he he had brain cancer, um, fought brain cancer for, for 19 years. Uh, he ended up graduating high school. He was the longest brain cancer survivor uh, in our province's history for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still the case. It probably is. Um, but from birth to age 19, um, so I was in grade 12, uh, the year that, uh, we lost <clears throat> my older brother, Jordan, and, and, um, I was the quarterback of the football team and, uh, we were, we're a small school, um, in, you know, about an hour and a half outside the major city in my province. Um, and so we were playing a team in the semifinals, uh, that we were not favorited to, to win, to go to the, uh, provincial finals, the state final, essentially, if you're an American listener, um, so Jordy ended up passing away. Obviously it was at a very emotional time for, for my family and I, but, um, we ended up, I ended up playing in the game, um, in the semifinals and we ended up winning. Uh, and there was a double rainbow, uh, over the field, a uh, very special moment for me. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, I don't know if you guys, I've got, you know, my brother's initials tattooed on my chest. I, th- I think about them all the time. So that's a special memory for me. Um, is uh, is playing in our uh, our provincial semifinal, winning the game, and having a double rainbow over the field uh, for my recently passed brother. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, that's my favorite sports story. Um, and uh, yeah, let's so listen. I'm going to continue to ask questions. I think I'm going to include this as a quarter every episode. I really enjoy answering the questions from you guys that you have in regards to the sports world. Um, but listen, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, we've got Ross Colton coming on Monday, uh, Stanley Cup clinching goal, a Tampa Bay Lightning young stud. So I'm really excited for that interview. Uh, but let's keep on trucking, guys. Uh, I'm going to continue to work my butt off to continue to bring you guys content and to continue to rock and roll in the sports world. So listen, I really appreciate your guys' support. Make sure you five-star the episode. Make sure you're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. 
and we'll get rocking and rolling on Monday. Listen, everyone, enjoy your weekends.